Hi, this is Materially Speaking, where artists tell their stories through the materials they choose. In this series, we're talking about marble in a community in northern Italy where artists have been carving marble since Michelangelo first came here 500 years ago to source marble for his Pieta. They come not only to benefit from the range of marble available here, but also the exceptionally skilled artisans. Additionally, they can tap into the foundries, which help them realise their works in bronze, silver, brass or cast iron as an alternative to working in marble from the local quarries. So where are we? We're about 30 miles north of Pisa and 15 miles south of the white marble mountains of Carrara, sandwiched between sea and pine forests on one side and olive groves rising up hillsides into the Apuan Alps on the other. We're near a town called Pietra Santa, nicknamed Little Athens because of its tradition for carving marble. Today I'm speaking to Venezuelan-born Maria Gamundi at her studio on the outskirts of Pietra Santa, at the base of the hills that rise up to the Apuan Alps. Her studio is full of small and medium-sized sculptures in marble, bronze and terracotta, many of them female figures, for which she is well known. Nearby is her Piaggio Ape, an old-fashioned three-wheeled vehicle, a model which she and other sculptors find useful for ferrying their work around. Outside, a lively group of dogs are on duty in her enclave. You'll hear them from time to time. My name is Maria Gamundi, and uh, I was born in Venezuela, but I have been living here in, uh, in this area for many, many years. Actually, I arrived in Pietra Santa in 1973, a long time ago. And uh, one of the reasons why I am... I chose Pietra Santa is because I was uh, studying art in New York in a in an art uh, a university called Pratt Institute, and in Brooklyn, and there was a poster uh, advertising um, a stage that one could do in Pietra Santa, and this would be uh, added points toward your graduation. I was in love with learning how to carve marble and uh, one of the things that brought me to Italy on my first trip is my love for Michelangelo and uh, also Greek art. I went also to Greece but I really when I reached Florence I, I felt that I could live there. It's so beautiful that people fall in love and they stay. That's what happens to most of us artists that we come here for the for the work, but then the, the the beauty of the place captures you because you know you have everything. You have the mountains, the sea, the the pineta, the, the lake, uh, and art. And I think there are few places that have so many artists living in one area. And uh, we we do know each other, and uh, whenever there are openings, we're supportive, and we meet at the different openings and. It makes it into a very, very good place to live if, if, if you have this passion. And, uh, and then you meet a lot of people that have the same passion as you have, so that makes it also very interesting. I was coming from a university and um, I didn't know how to go. Uh, I didn't really have the, 
uh, information, so I went to the art high school. There is an art high school, Stagio uh, Stagi, here in Pietrasanta. And uh, there I met a man called Lido Bovecchi, who was a professor there. And he said, well, you, you are coming from a university. You cannot come here to a high school. So come to my studio. He had a, actually a marble studio. And he's the one that uh, gave me my first marble and tools. And there were not many people in, the, in that time, not, certainly not many girls wanting to learn how to carve uh, marble. So uh, they were very, very hospitable and uh, kind. And uh, that was my, my first experience with uh, marble. Little by little, there are now many, many uh, women that, that do carve and uh, women sculptors that have uh, come in and artisans too, women artisans, which were practically non-existent when, when I arrived. It, it is a man's world. Uh, being a Venezuelan, we are the product of three races. Uh, there we have the Indian, which is Oriental, the black, and the white. And, and we're, we have different proportions of this mixture because uh, we have been mixed for a long, long time. And so I think I, I carry this within me and I transmit it to my women. <laughs> I work mainly with the female figure and uh, I have always loved the human body. I am a figurative artist. I feel closer to the female body because of its uh, rotundities and, uh, and, and being a woman myself. And so, but I don't, copy uh, the anatomy as such. I use the anatomy and, uh, and I only put what I think that is uh, essential to the form and to give it uh, uh, life. I sketch directly in clay. I mean, I do small clay ideas. And then from that, if, I, if there's something that, that pleases me, I, I move on to a, a bigger a bigger size, a more medium size, and from that I go to a life size, or maybe two meters. But yes, I, I basically think with my fingers. <laughs> I asked Maria what reasons she might have for choosing to work in marble rather than in bronze. Well, I mean, there are some uh, pieces that are meant to be only in, in bronze, in metal. And uh, because of, you know, maybe the stability is such, uh, like, for example, if you have a figure that is standing on one foot and you want it completely free, uh, marble, it cannot stand on, on, on just one foot without some kind of support, and depending on where you're going to put it. And, uh, and marble has this beauty and this translucency, so that gives you a different emotion. So if, in the case of this piece that I'm going to be installing soon, it's a commission. And the lady that commissioned this piece wanted it in marble. And, uh, and she did want this very airy figure. So I, uh, in order to, to be able to do this figure that seems like she's uh, about to float in the air, uh, I, I, I invented all these clouds that are all around, which actually 
support and protect the figure. So I could have done this in bronze, and I would have done just the figure uh, just by itself without any any other attachments. So there's the difference. And and then the marble, you have marbles that are meant for indoors, like a statuario is very beautiful, very translucent, but it's not meant to, to be put outside. So when you're working for a piece that's going to be outside and with the weather and... Uh, then you need a, a Carrara, a nice Carrara white, and you need a, per, a marble that is strong, that, that can stand the time and the weather. <laughs> when I first came to the area, I remember Seleni being shown in the piazza before it was shipped to its new home in Virginia. Seleni is a sculpture of an enormous woman sitting, sort of cross-legged with her chin resting on her knee. When I asked Maria to tell me about a favourite piece of work, she mentioned Seleni, and remember there are photographs on our website and Instagram of all the pieces we discuss. But there's another one I call Selene, and she has been quite... Uh, it's a piece that I love because she's very serene and she's contemplative, and I, it's one of my biggest uh, sculptures that I have done. She's actually... Um, uh, two meters uh, ten and she's sitting so she would be like four meters if she stood up and she was uh, commissioned by this uh, foundation Newport News uh, uh, Art Foundation and it's, it's placed on a, on a lake so she looks like she's really sitting on the water and, it, and they light her up at night so it's very pretty it's, uh, uh, it's called Kettle Pond in Newport News uh, in Virginia, in the United States. Maria had told me she bought six tonnes of Carrara white marble, which can live outside, for Seleni. So with such an investment, I wondered how she found it. Well, the, the, they are, the statuario is very high up, and uh, they are, they, they, in the same quarry you might find the a section of statuario, which is very pure, and uh, others that have the, the Carrara. I mean, but, of course, each, each uh, quarry has their own types, and Carrara can have the different qualities, too. And it, it depends on how many veins that that are in the marble. But usually when I go, I go with an expert to, to search for the right marble. And uh, because they can tell you if there's a defect or they can tell you what to look out for. And so I, if I'm searching a marble, I, I always go with the people that know <laughs> more than me. I asked Maria to explain her process for making a big piece such as Seleni and what, if any, technology she used. In the case of the big one, I am I worked with a new technology actually. I you know now now we have uh, the scan. So I I actually did prepare from the small one uh, the one meter model, and that was uh, by points with a pantograph. Uh, manually, and then I reworked the whole figure. And then when I had my model uh, one meter size uh, perfect, and it, it was scanned, and 
and then the it was actually roughed out by the new technology with the ro robot and uh, uh, these diamond tips that uh, that do it and then of course finished by hand it, it takes a lot of patience and and you have to be very precise and and of course now with this uh, technology they the the robot uh, they put million points so they're more but they they don't they cannot put points in 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 places that are uh, I get maybe behind the leg or or in certain uh, crevices and so there you have to know what to do because the, the, you don't you don't even have the points that guide you the, the the putting the points means that you know when the surface of the of the, of the sculpture is there because you reach the point and then you cannot take any more marble because that's the skin and uh, instead with the other system uh, you have not this reference so you have to know when when uh, there there is nothing nothing there you have to create it but of course it's a big help in in roughing out and uh, and as i say is not even the future it's the present now a lot of shops that before never had the 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 robot are are acquiring them or they sent out pieces to have them rough out and then they finish them in their in their shop you still need the artisans and you need even better art. well you need good ones because they they have to be able to to work without the reference of those points in in many cases so, so you of course the people that roughed out uh, have lost their jobs because uh, the the machine is doing that and so in a way, in a way, uh, there are fewer and fewer artisans, and there are fewer young people that are learning how to rough out. And so, it, it comes in a time that the, there there was less possibility because of all kinds of reasons. The the artisans. Uh, um, it takes a long time to to create a good artisan, especially in marble. And before they used to start at when they were very very young, and they would go into these uh, workplaces. But now we have different rules, you know, the the syndicate, this and that, and and only people that have sons or nephews that are willing to invest in teaching. So it's uh, in a way the the fact that there is the robots are filling the gap that there are lack of artisans. I think. Earlier, Maria had mentioned a very special commission that her client had wanted in marble. I asked her to tell us more. Uh, yes, uh, this piece actually it has a, a sad connotation because um, this, uh, this um, lady that commissioned it is the mother of a girl who was killed by a... An, uh, an automobile accident, actually by a drunken driver. And she was only 27. And uh, this woman has dedicated uh, her, her energy and her sorrow 
in fighting to pass, uh, helping to pass this law that is a crime here in Italy to kill somebody if you're drunk or on drugs. And she's donating this um, this monument to Pietra Santa, and it's, I think, the only one that has been also dedicated to all the victims of the road and the uh, uh, organ donors. So uh, the name of this uh, monument is uh, Espirito Libero, Portatrice di Luce, which means free spirit and light uh, bearer. Uh, uh, in Italian, you would say a monito, un, uh, kind of like a warning or a, the, how fragile we are and how important life is. And, and here this uh, girl uh, had all her life in front of her and because of somebody's uh, selfish and carelessness, uh, she, she's gone, but she is a free spirit and we hope that her light um, helps other people be more careful with other people's lives and with their own. So she is, uh, in a way, very airy, and she has a star in, in, in her hand. And the only thing that, that you, that the sad note that might give you the idea that there is something that went, that happened, is that she has one shoe on and one shoe off because uh, one shoe was never found. And her mother insisted that this would be uh, uh, something that needed to be fixed in the sculpture. So when you're working on a commission, you're also working with uh, other people's sensibilities, but you put your own heart and your own uh, uh, talent uh, to the service of something uh, different. So I hope that it's, she's well received and loved by the community. She she is uh, not not really a portrait, of course. I, I did uh, work with photographs from her. She was a very positive and very um, one. One of my difficulty was that all the photographs that I had of this girl are smiling, and um, and I didn't want uh, the mouth in that expression. I wanted to give her a serene expression, but with her lips closed and the face relaxed. And uh, it's a very, I think I tried to give her uh, serenity and peacefulness. And she's very airy. She barely touches the ground and she's surrounded by clouds which uh, envelop her, and, but they are the ones that permit the, the sculpture to, to be so free, because she's practically completely free and airy. And, uh, and I wanted to, yes, this, she's almost like flying, is what I wanted to. And she's dressed, and uh, the dress also gives the sensation of air. And her hair has long hair, also is flying. And uh, I, I like the, the fact of the wind, that the wind is part of the, uh, part of the sculpture, you know, the, that the dress and the hair and, and just the way she is um, kind of uh, going to the sky. Uh. 
I did it with, with lots of love. <laughs> I caught up with Maria a few weeks after the inauguration, this time in her kitchen, and asked her how it had gone. It, it, it was a very emotional inauguration, and we had been waiting for a year, and it, it was exactly the day, the anniversary of her, her sixth anniversary of her death, and exactly on the same spot where the, the sculpture is, is placed uh, very close to where it happened. So for, for the mother, uh, Maria Luisa Secchi, uh, of course, yeah, she, she's a very strong woman. And of course, we were both very, um, very close and, and, and we gave each other strength. <laughs> there are some pictures of us holding hands. And, uh, and it went, the, the sculpture, the syndaco was there. Uh, the syndaco is the mayor of Pietrasanta. And there were also authorities uh, from Viareggio and uh, the, the police, the, st the street police. It was, uh, and the priest was there. We had an African priest, which is, who is the priest of Focette, the locality, and he blessed uh, the sculpture. The, the national anthem of Italy was sung. And, and anyway, when, when it was uncovered and, and I saw the piece, the sculpture surrounded by nature and sky and, and the height, it seemed like it was always meant to be there. It's, uh, you, you, when you're working, you have to imagine, you have to imagine how the piece is going to finally look in its location. And somehow, uh, it happens that sometimes things fall right into place and, and, and they are perfect because the, the sculpture has a lot of empty, empty spaces, you know, negative spaces. And these negative spaces are filled with sky and trees and green. So she is very much uh, part of the landscape. The landscape is part of the sculpture. So that makes it... Uh, very, very good. So thanks to Maria Gamundi. You can see her work on her website, mariagamundi.it or Instagram at mlgamundi. Thanks to Coro Vasilia for letting us use their music. Production thanks go to Duncan Thornley at MAP Studios. For photographs of all the work we discuss, go to our Instagram or website, materiallyspeaking.com.